Welcome to the Journeys of Scientists podcast. This is a podcast put out by WAMPS, which stands for Women and Minorities in the Physical Sciences. We are a graduate student organization at Michigan State University. I am Brian Stanley. I am a graduate student in the physics department at MSU. The purpose of this podcast is to talk with other graduate students at MSU and other universities to get a sense of the type of research they do, but also learn about life as a graduate student, both within and outside the classroom or research lab. If you or someone else you know are interested in participating in the Journeys of Scientists podcast, you can email me at the email below in the show notes, or you can visit the WAMPS website, which is wamps.org, and you can send us a message there. On this episode, we are joined by Larissa Ankley, who is a fourth-year PhD candidate in the Microbiology and Molecular Genetics program here at MSU. She is also the founder and current director of the MSU Graduate Recruitment Initiative Team, aka MSU GRIT, which is a graduate student organization focused on equitable recruitment and retention of historically excluded people in STEM. Hope you enjoyed this entertaining conversation. Welcome, Larissa, again. Just so people know, I we have recorded an episode like a month and a half ago. And then someone, aka me, um, had computer issues and accidentally deleted all the files. So now we, here we are again, re-recording, better than ever. Um, but welcome, Larissa. Could you briefly introduce yourself? What is your area of study here at MSU? Hi, yeah. So I'm a fourth-year grad student in um, microbiology and molecular genetics, and I'm in the Olive Lab. Um, so my research really focuses on um, kind of more immunology um, than really micro, but I'm working on studying the genetic regulation of interferon gamma dependent MHC2. Um, so really how this specific cytokine impacts antigen presentation. Okay, very nice. So like, what does your work sort of look like in terms of like what you actually do? Are you in a lab mixing things together? Like what does like kind of sort of a day-to-day sort of look like for you? Yeah. So I'm in the lab. Um, I do some things in kind of like just your standard lab. And then I also do a lot of like tissue culture um, with macrophages. Okay. Okay. So like what got you interested in this area of, of study? Yeah. So actually like coming into grad school, I, kind of had in my mind that I was going to be in a very strict micro lab. Um, Initially, I wanted to work with like a specific pathogen um, and really look at that. But when I was doing rotations, um, I actually found out about Andrew's lab at the time. It was his first year here at MSU. Um, And so I thought I'd kind of give it a try. His research sounded really interesting to me and kind of, um, I guess, more like the lab dynamic kind of is what pushed me to join the lab more than anything. I love the research too, but that was the main push. Yeah. So how does one become like interested in pathogens? Are you like, I want to, you know, to see if I can plague the entire earth? Like why, why is that the one that sticks out? <laughs> why? Um, that's a good question. So, I mean, I did research in undergrad, so I think that's kind of what pushed me to do that. Um, I actually started working in an undergrad lab as like more of just doing dishes and autoclaving and things like that. 
And that lab happened to do um, pathogen work and genetics work. And so I think I kind of just fell into it that way. Okay. Very interested. Did you immediately, like when you graduated high school, do you immediately go into college or biology or whatever? Yeah, I went into college right away, but I was pre-med. Um, I didn't really know anything about doing research or grad school or any of that. Okay. So did you do any like research stuff when you were undergrad? Yeah. So I did do research in undergrad. Um, like I said, I started off as kind of like that, like lab maintenance position, I guess. Um, and that transitioned into actually doing um, research work. And I was able to do a lot of conferences as an undergrad and get a paper out of that work. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. What does like lab maintenance differ from like, others? is that like, oh, I'm cleaning the Petri dish is, or is um, it more intensive than that? So we had like in undergrad, we had like a stock room. And so I would do things with them. So I would clean up after like anatomy labs, I'd get to clean off like the rat gut trays. It was not a great job, <laughs> um, but that transitioned into me working for a specific lab, um, which didn't end up being a really good job. Um, and it really got me into research and worked out. So I guess starting with the rat tray cleanup was a good thing. <laughs> After yeah. All. Do you have to do anything like gross or icky now? Is all of your stuff like just pretty small cellular type things? Of yeah, so dish? it's pretty much all cellular. I mean, being an immunology lab, we do do um, mouse work. Um, I gave a go at that, but found out very quickly that that isn't going to be for me. So there are people in our lab that do that sort of thing. Um, just not me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, never really into like the biologies or anything like that. Cause I'm like, there's just a lot of like gooey stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't even so much mind the gooey stuff. Like with the mice for me, it's like, <laughs> It's weird to say, but it's just that they're so like wiggly and just <laughs> unpredictable. Like I don't like the whole critter aspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. So like how big is like the group that you work with? There's a lot of like other grad students. Do you work with postdocs, things like that? Yeah. So our lab, um, we have one postdoc, three grad students, and then currently we have three undergrads that also work in the lab. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So where did you do your undergrad? So I did my undergrad at Eastern Washington University. Um, I'm actually from Michigan, but I went out there to do my undergrad. Okay. And how did you end up out there? Um, so my family moved out there um, while I was in high school. Um, kind of a complicated situation, but basically my family was out there and that was the best decision for me at the time. Okay. And then how yeah. did you end up at, at MSU then? Um. How did I end up here? So with grad applications, um, they're kind of complicated, right? Like there's a lot of things to consider. Um, the other interviews I had, there were a lot of things that um, I knew I didn't really want to be a part of. I guess I'll say it that mm -hmm. way. Um, so when I interviewed here at MSU, it just seemed really welcoming and like a really supportive environment. And that was something important to me for grad work. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I, I've talked to like other people who've done like kind of like the biology or like kind of life science things. And it seems like Interviews are like a big part of the like graduate school process. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, it's a very big part. <laughs> oh, how how is how how is that like in, in physics? Like we don't do that. So like oh, how you is, don't at all? No, no. Okay. Uh, so like, how is that sort of like experience in terms of like prepping for even like the application process and then like preparing yourself for like interviews and and things like that? 
Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty tough process, honestly. I mean, even just finding what grad programs to apply to is a pain. So like what I did, this is going to sound ridiculous. I literally went on Wikipedia, looked at all of the R1 institutions in the country, and I started narrowing it down from there. Um, and so, you know, easily you can narrow it down by like location. And then you have to actually like go to each school's website, look for the programs you want. And it's, it's not a great process. Um, I'm actually working <laughs> among many of the other things I do. I'm actually working on like a startup company right now to fix that. Um, but yeah, the process is terrible. And then once you apply, um, you of course turn in like all of your materials and then you get asked to come and interview, which is a hugely stressful process. Um, but realistically, when you come and do your interviews, it's more of just a conversation. It isn't like a typical interview you would imagine for like a job or something. It's mainly the PI just talking about their research. Um, some, and it's kind of like a mystery before you do it, right? So like I'm first gen, so I didn't really know a ton of what to expect. So you kind of just read things online of what to do and how it's going to go. Um, and so like I was under the impression that I had to read like all these papers from everybody I interviewed with. And so I did that and that wasn't really the case. Um, <laughs> it's not really needed. So it's it's an interesting process. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain? So you mentioned you're, like you're doing like a working on like a startup business or something like that. Could you? Yeah. Do you mind divulging a little bit about that? No, I can talk about it for sure. Um, so um, I'll actually tell you, too, about a resource on campus that I certainly didn't know we had. Um, there's the MSU Burgess Institute and grad students have access to them. Um, and so it's like this business institute and they'll actually help you create a startup, um, for free. They provide funding for you. They have a few different programs. Um, so you start with like a discovery phase. That's what I'm doing right now, where you kind of do the background research about like your market and different things like that. And then you go into like a launch program where you actually start to build the company, um, but what I'm specifically doing, it's going to be called GradFinder. It's basically a matching service for students to grad programs. Um, and right now I'm focusing more on kind of biomedical programs just because this is brand new and I'm going to have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I figure that'd be a good place to start. Um, but yeah, it's just basically going to be a platform to help students find grad programs that fit their needs and also a way to have a really easy open communication between students in those programs. Very nice. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Now, is that like in addition, like I also know you're part of like like a founder of MSU Grit, right? Is this yeah. like yeah, just an additional <laughs> like side massive project that you're a part of? Yeah, those two things are totally separate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain a little bit what MSU Grit is? Yeah. So MSU Grit, um, it stands for Graduate Recruitment Initiative Team. It's actually a program that started at U Chicago, so we're part of their network. Um, I kind of, you know, I kind of came across this idea of really wanting to build these like solutions for grad programs to make them more equitable, um, particularly for recruitment and retention. So I was trying to design this program. I came across the program at UChicago, and that kind of became like our baseline, I guess, um, to kind of build off of. And so since finding that, we've been able to create our own programs. Um, and something unique about GRIT is that like grad students can come to the program with an idea and we can kind of make it happen um, if it fits our mission. So Overall, we're called MSU Grit, but then we break down into several smaller programs. So we have like peer mentorship. Um, we just finished up an, our application feedback program where we review applications for incoming students for free and grad students get paid to do those reviews. Um, so it's a super cool program. Um, we also have a wellness program that people are working on, um, really geared toward talking about mental health. And then we also just um, merged with Voices of Color. So that was an existing program on campus that's now part of Grit. 
Oh, very nice. That's that's super. Yeah. And so, and this is something you started like when you first came here. You said you're a fourth year, right? I'm a fourth year. Yeah. So I didn't start that right away. I actually started that during COVID when I was oh. at home. <laughs> yeah. Was that easier or harder? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything to like base it off of. Right. I think in terms of like planning events and getting other people involved, it's definitely harder. Um, it's hard to be a new group and be like, Hey, come to our virtual event where we're trying our best and hopefully mm-hmm. it works out, you know? Um, so that's definitely been challenging, but now that we can kind of have more in-person events, I think it's been working out really well. Very nice. Very nice. Do you have like, was sort of, if you don't mind talking like, was sort of like the level of support that you get from like either the department or other sort of groups, like is this something you're solely doing? Cause at some point you are going to like graduate and leave. I'm just kind of curious, like what the sustainability yeah. sort of part looks like. Yeah. So that's something I'm definitely working on a lot right now is like you said, I'm eventually going to leave. Um, so we have a huge leadership team. I think we have, I, th- I want to say it's like 12 people right now because we have leadership people from each of those programs I mentioned. Um, so the goal for me is really to kind of get out of leadership while I'm here so that like it's sustaining on its own. Other people are taking care of it, but I'm here if anybody needs help or questions. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at in terms of me leaving, but we also have a lot of department support. Um, so we're funded through BMS, which is our umbrella program that students come in through. And then we're also funded through the departments that fall under that umbrella. And so we have a lot of department support. Um, Yeah, so that's been really good. It's actually been a little surprising to me how on board everybody has been with this program right away. So that's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really amazing. Yeah, Um, here at like WAMS, we've been like slowly talking about like how we could expand to like include like other departments and stuff. And it's like, oh, I definitely think like how you've been doing stuff is like really inspiring. I'm like, oh, wow, you can do so much. (laughs) So (laughs) like, it's really impressive all the stuff that you've done. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. We kind of got lucky with the umbrella program um, layout just because that automatically put us into those like six departments. Um, it was mm-hmm. initially planned just, just to be an MMG of the department that I'm in. Um, but with the recruitment aspect, it made sense to do the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very fascinating. So, um, so you're okay. So you're working, you're doing research. Um, you're you're changing the world inside the the department for grad students, um, and then you're going to try to change the world for people thinking about going to grad school. Like, what do you do in your free time, assuming you have any? <laughs> that is a changing the world. That's a very nice way to put that. I appreciate it. Um, so, what do I do in my free time? Um, I've had to learn like the hard way that I really do need to make that free time. So. Something I do, I actually just got a 3D printer yesterday. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I've been playing around with that. That's super fun. Um, I have a couple dogs, so they're fun to play with. I have a partner. Um, so of course spending time with her. Um, I'm really into like any sort of like homesteady type sustainable process. So I have like a couple maple trees in my yard. So I make maple syrup. We have a few chickens. Like I have some interesting hobbies, but yeah, how, stuff like that. How do you make maple syrup from like I I know it's a thing, but I don't like how do you how does one just do that? <laughs> yeah, so you basically drill a small hole in the tree. You put like a little spigot on it. It's kind of more of like a shoot, I guess, than a spigot. And the sap just comes out of the tree. Um, you do that in the spring, so the sap starts moving when um, temperatures are below freezing at night and above during the day. Um, and then the sap starts moving. You put a bucket on your tree and you just collect it. 
Um, and that's like the consistency of basically water, um, but it's sweet. And so you have to take this like sweet water and just boil the heck out of it until you get syrup, which takes forever. Yeah, did not. Yeah. So then like how, so like what is like a rough like scale of quantity that you get? Is it a lot or like a, a little dollop or? So... So I'll tell you, it takes 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. Okay. It's the, like, Sounds when very I tell inefficient people that, <laughs> yes, yes. It's very inefficient. It's not like every time I tell people that they're like, I don't know why you do this. I don't know why I do it either. It's relaxing. It's fun. And I enjoy getting the product. Um, so what did I get this year? I don't, let me think. Um, I don't even know what size my bottles are. I probably got... I don't know. You can't see me. This is a podcast. So I can't show you my the size of my bottles. I don't know. Maybe like half a gallon. Okay. Okay. Still, <laughs> still, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of pancakes. Um. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. And I mean, it's just like me and my partner, right? So I'm not using a ton of syrup. So I'm able to like give it away to friends. And I really like that aspect of it. It's fun. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and okay. So I'm also curious about your 3D printer like what okay, yeah, let's, <laughs> like let's did you have <laughs> did you have something in mind of like yes yeah, so because i've i've i played with the idea of getting one. Oh um, my gosh get one but, <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like i like what are you what are you making do you have things in mind or like oh i just want to make this kind of cool little figure or like oh i want to make like things i can actually use like a pot or something like that oh my gosh i want to make all of the things so like i said i just <laughs> got it yesterday um, but you can like go online and you can get these files for free of things mm-hmm. people have already made. Um, so this whole thing kind of started with me wanting to make things for the lab, right? Like mm-hmm. wanting to make like gel combs or tube racks or like any of those types mm-hmm. of plastic things. Um, so I plan on making things like that. I have like a micro centrifuge tube rack printing right now at home. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I don't know, fun stuff too, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, just anything. <laughs> Yeah. not the best answer but like i don't know something i didn't plan for with the 3d printer though is how long it takes like mm-hmm. i'm so excited about it but it just takes so long <laughs> and then six hours later you're <laughs> yeah exactly like you wouldn't know it based on like the syrup hobby and i guess the 3d printing hobby alone but i have the worst patience like it's terrible <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah but hey, maybe you could 3D print like a spigot or a bucket or whatever for your syrup. You can combine both hobbies. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the next move. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Well, that's that's super. Yeah. I know if I did get one, I would just have things printed everywhere. Just everything would be printed in, in some fashion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I find just these kind of ridiculous things. It's like, do I need that? No way. But would it be cool to print? Yeah, yeah of course. Like, <laughs> Do you have yeah, like any... Really any like special, like special type of like filament or anything like that? Or is it just kind of like- um, So I just got like two spools to start, right? So I got mm-hmm. a black one and then I got a rainbow one and the rainbow one's pretty cool. Ooh. Ooh. But like the way that the colors change on the spool, it takes so much filament before you actually get a color change. Oh. So we'll see how that one works out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty like cool. Like yesterday, like the printer I got, it came with a test file. So you make these cute little owls. Like one of them has a top hat. And the other nice. one has a flower on its head just to test it. And then I don't know, are you on TikTok? Do you watch like TikTok? No, I'm an old man. Okay. So on TikTok, they have these like articulated slugs that everybody's making. So I made one of those last night, but it's like 
the way it builds itself, it like builds the joints into the slug. So you mm. pull it off and you can crack it and it like bends around. Oh, super cool. Super so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. See like that. That's just a random fun thing to make, right? Like there's no purpose for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was a part in undergrad. I was a part of like this traveling science program where we build like science experiments out of whatever and then like visit schools. Um, okay, there's cool. one, there's one of the guys there who is my year. He convinced the the program to buy like a 3D printer because he was super into that. And so he would build yeah. a lot of cool stuff, like project stuff. But then he would also like just build random sort of little doohickeys and stuff. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fun. Like one of the random things I saw recently that I guess has function is like you print an Among Us character and their yeah. eyes are like hollowed out oh. and you can stick your AirPods case in it. Ooh. And then it looks like the full character. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Stuff like that. Are you sort of like an artistic type of person? Um, yeah, I like to be, you know, in my, in that spare time that I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just wondering if like, oh, like, because I know you can get like a lot of files or wherever things that people have made. I'm just curious, like, oh, yeah. is there like things that you want to like design yourself? Um, yeah. So like the tube rack that I'm printing today, I designed that myself. Um, I mean, that's easy, though, because obviously, like, I know what a tube rack looks like. Um, but then I like hollowed out space on the side for like our lab name rather than sharpening the lab name on the side. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it turns out. I mean, I've never done anything like that before, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you should get one. Like, I mean, you know, they're pretty accessible now. I got mine on Black Friday, but they aren't too ridiculous. Yeah, different. it seems like prices like keep coming down on them. So I was like, that's pretty yeah. promising. You can get like a decent for one. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, the biggest thing to look at, I'm not an expert, obviously, but for me, the biggest thing to look at was like printing size. So a lot of the Mm -hmm. kind of more affordable ones have just like a four inch printing size. Um, Mm -hmm. The one I got has eight inches, but even the one I got was like reasonable. Um, Like I said, I got it on Black Friday, but it was like $180. So I mean, that's fair. In the scheme of things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Very nice. Yeah. I don't know where I would put the printer either. I don't have a good place for it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, I don't know. Where are you at right now? Put it on your desk. Like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. I'll just take over the office. No one else comes in anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They won't mind. It's not like it's loud or anything. (laughs) No. (laughs) As we established, prints are very quick, very efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, I enjoyed that tangent. Um, so, okay. So you said your fourth year, like, what is it that you kind of want to end up doing? Like when you do graduate and leave here? Yeah. So, um, I mean, if my startup works out, I'd do that. Um, I'm not banking on that though. Of course. Um, I think I'd, I think I'd like to go into like an administrative university position, um, where I can help kind of increase like equity and accessibility to grad education, um, I'm not too sure what that's going to look like yet, um, but I do know that I want to go kind of more that route than the research route. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. then um, I only ask this because I feel this is a loose connection related back to me, <laughs> but it's like, that's fine. <laughs> like I also like am not super interested in like doing research for life. Like I'd be more interested okay. in doing like teaching or other like mentoring or, or things like that and yeah. so something i wrestle with I'm like okay i've been in grad school i'm getting this phd to do research stuff but does the phd actually like prepare me for this 
or whatever. I've, I've had like debates right. with myself, like, do I continue with what I want to do? Do I want to continue with this program? Do you have like similar sort of thoughts? Like, why are you pursuing like a PhD or, or, oh, yeah. or whatnot? Like I def, I definitely have those thoughts too. Um, so coming mm-hmm. into my, like coming into the PhD, like I was all about research. Like I loved doing research mm-hmm. as an undergrad. I was constantly doing that. And like coming into this program, I was like, all right, I'm going to be here. And then I'm going to go into industry. So I was like full into research. Um, and then, you know, COVID kind of like with all the bad things with COVID, the one good thing with COVID for me to come out of it is that like, it really gave me the time to think about like what I really care about and kind of the impact that I want to make and what that's going to look like um, for me after my program. And so that was really kind of difficult to come to terms with because like it was really changing my whole career path and I had the same thought where like is this program still going to prepare me for that um and I think it definitely is you know I'm in this like academia world I just want to be in it in a different way when I'm done um and so it's kind of given me that um but yeah it's it's scary you know to like already be here to have put all this time in and to just kind of change like yeah yeah so I have those thoughts too for sure yeah so I guess like sort of um, wrapping things up, or I guess leaning towards wrapping things up, like mm-hmm. I'm curious on like, if you have any advice or tips of wisdom, you would give either like undergraduates thinking about applying to grad school or like can't adapt into that um, grad school lifestyle. You already kind of talked about like your experience of like applying to grad school, but I'm kind of curious, like what was also like your transition? Like did, was that transition okay? or Um, You mean the transition from like undergrad to grad? Yeah. So that transition was huge for me. Um, I mean, even just classes alone, right? Like classes in grad school are very much like we're giving you this information and we're giving you the tools to think about things in a different way. And I had never really taken classes like that before. So right away, um, I kind of had like the usual thoughts that I guess everybody has, Um, you know, they made a mistake. They let me in and I'm not qualified to be here. Like, all of that. So it was definitely a big transition for sure. Um, and the research was a big transition too. Cause like the way I conducted research in undergrad is I created my entirely like own project, um, like from the ground up, right. It was all my ideas, like all the methods were mine, everything. And then for grad school, you're kind of coming into this existing project. And so you have to like, you have to kind of like become passionate about somebody else's work, which was a weird process for me. Um, but yeah, like the transition was definitely complicated. Um, and then in terms of advice for undergrads, um, I wish I would have, I wish I remembered what I said last time, because I feel like I said something decent last time, but (laughs) I don't know, right? Like it's a hard process. So if you're an undergrad and you're interested in grad programs, um, I think the biggest thing to do to kind of prepare to that is to really talk to grad students if you're able to, um, you know, like I said, like you can look online, you can get all this information, but the grad students are here doing the work. And if you're looking at particular programs, talking to those grad students, you're going to know if they're happy or not. And there's a lot more that goes into the decision of where you want to go than just the research. Cause you know, that might change. Like it changed for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think that was still fantastic. Fantastic <laughs> well, advice. Good. There. Thank you. <laughs> I think that was so good. I think this was just as good, if not better than, than the first time we did it. Um, thank you for yeah, coming on. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming on again. I don't recall yeah, talking about maple syrup in the last one. So no, we did not. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on again. And it was a pleasure talking with you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me again. I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.